What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today, as always, is the man who was the very first passenger in my very first car, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. I know, and I was shocked. I remember that car that you had, and it did. It had a top that went back. I couldn't believe it. Everybody remembers their first car. Right. My first car was a 1979 Fiat Spider. It had a soft top that went down. And I'm telling you what, a Southern California girl in the summer heat with the top down and my pom-poms in the back from cheerleading practice. Oh, they were good days. But that was my first car. We were already dating at that time. And I drove it straight over to your house to show you. <laughs> and I was, I think I took a note at that point from your dad that I can't be so narrow-minded on what, what can be possible for a car as we just shop for our one of our daughter's cars. What was your first car that you got? My very first car I inherited from my Nana and she gave me this old Chrysler, 61 Chrysler and I sold it within two weeks to a young couple and I regret that to this day. Because you wanted to get something a little fancier. Yeah, I was 16. I wanted to have a, a hot rod looking car and that old clunker looked old and clunkerish. And I was I obviously not mature enough to see the value of that car. So yeah, some things you regret in life that you let go. And that's one of them. I, I so did you just make that connection because our daughter we're talking about today got her first car. Your first car was a Chrysler. Chrysler. Her first car is... A Chrysler. A Chrysler, too. A little bit fancier, though. And what an exciting time. So she's heading off to school. She needed a vehicle to get around because she plans to work as a nursing assistant uh, while she's in school. And so she needed a car. And so we thought with graduation just happening, we went ahead and helped her. The freedoms that a car brings to a young person, that is everything. And as parents, we hope that we have instilled in her enough life lessons to keep her safe. But that is a little bit of a frightening feeling to know that she is driving in a car by herself. You just pray that the angels guard her. And, you know, I think for her, she's held off until she's 18, which I think is just fantastic that we've been able to encourage her to wait. But it's our son who's now really pushing to try and drive. Oh, and I he... know when I was 16, I was a terrible driver. With my brain not quite fully connected as a 16-year-old boy, so I didn't think about the consequences so much and had a couple of tickets and an accident within the first six months of... Oh, my goodness. I know. You were a bad driver. Thanks be to God, nobody got hurt. But yeah, other than my ego and my... I got lots of humility out of that. My dad made sure of that, so... Oh, so... It is a difficult time. Now, this is our third daughter. So the two older ones have gotten their licenses, have gotten vehicles, and now we're doing this again. And it's one of those big steps that they take that really offers them some freedoms. And up until now, when they were little, we made the decisions for them. And then when they got to you know middle school, high school, we helped guide them in choosing right decisions. And now with a vehicle, we hope that we've done enough 
that when situations arise, she can make these decisions and be confident and we can be confident that she's going to choose well. You know, I think that the vehicle typically is kind of the first venture into independence. And I remember that as a kid, I just got felt so independent. And I know that the kids do too, but, but as they do that, the parents, and we're starting to feel that now, kind of go through this little bit of melancholy, little bit of sadness in our hearts that, oh my gosh, our daughter, our son is growing up. When your kids grow up, it's great to be able to reflect on, wow, we've had some great years and we're going to have to look at future great years that we have no idea about. So this is not only a transition for the kids, right? This is a transition for us. And and I'm excited. We got that car for her, the look in her eyes. And we we said, trust your intuition. And so we looked at a couple of cars, didn't we? That she we said, did. She goes, I and just I'm don't not feel. sure about yeah. that one. Okay. <laughs> we'll learn to trust. And again, that is her ability to practice and listen to her, you know, self, her gut. And, and say, you know, there's something not quite. And yes, it's a car, but you practice on these smaller things. So that right. way, when it's the big decisions, boy, she knows what to do because she's practiced decision-making with smaller things. We got this yesterday as the, her father, you've taken it upon yourself to find out all the maintenance records, what it's going to take to keep this car going. How is it going to keep her safe? The role of the father, right? I don't want to know about those things. because the first thing I looked at when I saw it was, Boy, that's a cute car. Right. That's so we it. finished we finished the transaction last night about 8.30. And we got home. You went to bed to get ready for your morning show. And I stayed up for another three hours watching YouTube videos and looking on the <laughs> internet at all the things I need to be mindful of for an older car that this is. This is about a 19-year-old car. What do I need to be mindful of and what do I need to help her to be mindful of? And so this morning we got up and I said, hey, I stayed up all night, got all this information, and I started telling her what she needs to look for in the future so that she can be ready to jump on a maintenance issue if it comes up. So I am perfectly happy allowing you to do that as the father in this household. You can take on all of those car maintenance issues and teach her that. We're going to celebrate dads today. It's Friday in just two days. It's going to be Father's Day and we get to celebrate all of those wonderful parts about who you are and what you teach us and I'm going to be talking with Jerusalem Jones. It is the wonderful Steve Ray. He's going to talk to us about the wisdom and the roles of fathers in our lives and what the role of the father was in the Bible. And so we'll talk about that and how it relates to today. And then our second half, as a dad, we want to talk about what it means to be a father. And this year particularly, this year of St. Joseph, who is the great example for us as fathers to emulate. So we got a great show for you ahead on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio in this prayer to St. Joseph. Let us pray. St. Joseph, you are the chaste and loving spouse of the Virgin Mary, the foster father of Jesus, the protector and provider of the Holy Family and all families. We have complete confidence in your loving care for new life and in your fidelity to the family. We commend our efforts 
to your prayers and protection. Help us always to defend the gift of human life that it may grow to the abundance of eternal life promised and bestowed on us by your Son, our brother, Jesus Christ. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Days are getting longer and the weather is starting to warm up. If you're like me, this time of year means you can get out the grill and enjoy some time with the family. Did you know that you can support Mater Day Radio through everyday purchases when you shop for the cause? Whether it's purchases online through Amazon or groceries at Fred Meyer, you can help strengthen Catholic Radio. For details, check out ways to give at materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Where is God's grace experienced in your daily life? It's time for this week's View from the Pew. Father's Day is this weekend, and it's a great day to let dear old dad know how much he means to you. But how did your dad's influence and direction guide you, well, down some difficult paths in your own life? And do you think it is harder to be a dad now than perhaps during ancient times? Well, joining me today to share more is our good friend, Steve Ray. Steve would know quite a bit about how fathers raised their children in biblical times. And as a father himself, he knows what it takes now. Thank you so much for joining us again. Glad to be here and glad to talk about dads, which is one of my favorite things to be. Well, Steve, let's start here then. You've raised sons and you've raised daughter. Do you feel that the role you play and the values that you teach is different depending on if you're talking to your sons and talking to your daughters. Yes and no. I have one son and three daughters. My oldest daughter is 43. My youngest child daughter is now 30. And we have 19 grandkids. We just got the announcement number 19 is on the way. So I have uh, (laughs) done this a little bit. I learned everything the hard way, of course. I started out as an evangelical Protestant and became a Catholic only um, 27 years ago. With with fathers and daughters, it is the same. The father sets the tone. The father sets the standards, the morals. And so for both, it's the same. It's, it's set, he sets the structure, and he should. I should I'm saying he, he does. I'm saying he should mm-hmm. set the discipline in the home the strength for the family. But I think at the same time, for sons and daughters, it is, while the same, it's also different. Because, uh, for example, the father for the son has to be a strong example of what a man is, because the boy is going to look for manly models, a model for what it is to be a man and to grow up. And if the dad is there and he's a good model and he's strong, and he's loving, and he's firm, and this is what the son will look to. Daughter, on the same hand, she's looking for someone who's going to love and appreciate her. Girl needs father to be the man figure in her life, and if he's absent, she's going to go look for a substitute, and usually it's not a good one. Fathers have this Mothers are important in the family. Don't ever get me wrong, but I really, in, in our experience... 
The absence of a father is devastating to a family. I remember even with my daughters, as they grew up, I made a point. I would hug them. I'd give them a kiss on the cheek, and I'd let them know how beautiful they were. So they didn't feel like they had to go out and find somebody else to approve of them. And for my son, I took him on camping trips, and we did manly things together so that he had a model and a role model for what a man should be and what a husband should be. I would say that my wife and I were both very fortunate because we both had very good, loving, strong, forgiving, helpful, firm fathers. So it was very easy for us when we got married to know what a father should be. We both had experienced it. Jerusalem Jones joining me today. You probably know him as our good friend Steve Ray. He is joining me because we are celebrating fathers Steve, I want to touch on something that you said, and especially about the roles of fathers. It seemed like if we open up scripture and we look, the it was very clear. The father imparting the blessing on the oldest son, their roles, uh, the way that they led their families, very direct. Today, we see uh, fathers trying to do the same thing, very being very direct. And the pushback is, Oh, that's toxic. Oh, it's um, misogynistic. It's all of these words that at one point was a good thing to be. Are we losing our way as to how fathers are supposed to be, especially for their sons and daughters as role models? We've not only are losing it, we've lost it. Mm. I think that when you look into the probably the uh, Orthodox Christian, I mean, you know, strong Catholic even evangelical families that believe still in Scripture and what the Father should be. We're, we're the minority now. We're kind of the radical minority. We have become the despised subculture in a way. The whole movement of feminism and secularism away from biblical Catholic Christianity has made men look like buffoons, they are joked about, all, you, to try to think of a TV show, I don't, we don't watch TV. And by the way, what the best thing a father can do for his kids is to love their mother. That's number one. And number two is get rid of the television. <laughs> I agree. Um, we never, my dad did not get us a television. I never had a television for my kids. And none of my grandkids have television now. In order to get back to those strong heads of household fathers, the way that God has ordained it, well, I think all we need to do is look back to Scripture. So I would love to talk to you a little bit about some of those stories, some of those great relationships that Bible tells us. And one of them, maybe I'd like to spring on you here, is the story of Esther. Now, she had a relationship with her father, an adopted father. Can you maybe share a little bit about her story? Well, yes, she was uh, royalty, and um, she ended up saving the Jewish the Jewish people at the time. And um, Esther, uh, she is a strong woman because she had a strong father and a strong manly figure in her life, and that uh, that was a, a case where he installed instilled in her righteousness and justice and courage just to walk into the king's throne room unsummoned was a very courageous thing to do because that could often bring about death. And because of that courage and that say she got it from her father that she and from God and her whole religion of of the Jewish religion that she was heroic. And people don't just become heroic. That's something there's a saying that uh, grace builds on nature. We we cert- have a certain nature and character, and then grace of God builds on that. 
And the whole idea of family and fatherhood installs, instills us with these kind of characteristics. I know for me, for me, my dad, not only was he courageous and strong, but he read me books about people who were courageous and strong and manly and heroes. And that's the story of Esther, too. That, and probably the classic one we have in Scripture, even though the man never says one word that we know of, is Joseph raising Jesus. as a. Think of the kind of man Joseph must have been for, for God to say, that's the guy right there that I want to become the father of my son. And Jesus is the son of God, and yet God the Father relinquished much of his rights of fatherhood and gave them to Joseph to raise his son. Just think of that kind of a man. Um, I like to say that Joseph, not only we talk about him being righteous, that's the only adjective ever used about Joseph, Mm -hmm. that he was a righteous man. He also was obviously faithful and strong. We could come up with a list as long as our arm. But I, I like to also say that Joseph was a manly man. Joseph I, when I do men's conferences and talk about him, and I'm going to be giving a talk, couple talks about him in the next couple months, I say Joseph was the kind of guy that could pick any man in the room up and throw you over the wall without even thinking about it, without even trying. He was a manly man made of, they, him and Jesus, they, they were rock masons is probably what they did for a living all day, 12 hours a day, cutting and shaping rocks. Just imagine how tough he was, and yet... He was also tender-hearted, and in the Jewish culture, it was the father's job to educate and teach his son. I wonder, even example, if, if Jesus, when you hear his parables, if you're not hearing parables that Joseph told him. When you see Jesus, you're looking at Joseph in a way, because I have many of the characteristics of my dad. Many of the things my dad told me are the stories that I tell. Maybe that maybe Joseph taught him the Our Father prayer or those parables, but I think that Joseph may be one of the great examples of a father in Scripture. Steve Ray joining us today as we celebrate, well, celebrate our fathers. Steve, did fathers see their roles differently in the Bible when passing a legacy onto their sons? It does seem like in the stories that we read, there was more at stake. Well, there was, and it's interesting that you bring that up now because my wife and I are just going through chapter 48 and 49 of Genesis that I'm writing and just doing the last-minute tweaks in there. Jacob has his 12 sons, and he is giving them all a blessing. Even Joseph, who is the grand ruler of Egypt, the grand vizier under the Pharaoh only, one of the great superpowers at the time, he was with his father Jacob, an old, grizzled, uh, dark skin from the sun, old man, shepherd, and here is Joseph, the vizier and representative of the king of Egypt, And it says that Joseph bowed his face to the ground in front of his father, Jacob, the old shepherd. This gives an idea of the respect of fatherhood in Scripture, and in not just Scripture, but in ancient times, all the way up until modern times. That's the way the father was respected. And the blessing of the father was the most coveted thing a young man could have, is the blessing of his father, because it would give like a prayer or a prophecy of his life in the future. Fathers, it's, it's not even possible to compare how fathers were viewed and respected and loved and honored in biblical and ancient times, not just biblical times, but in the ancient world outside of the Bible as well, outside of the Christian and Jewish religion, compared to what we see today and, and, the, and the denigration of, of masculinity and fatherhood today. 
Steve Ray, we just have a moment left. I'm looking forward to the new book. You also have lots of resources available. Where can our listeners go to find more information about your work and your ministry? Everything is at CatholicConvert.com. And thanks so much for having me on, Brenda. It's been a pleasure talking with you again. Oh, I appreciate your time so much. And again, that is Steve Ray. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to his webpage. And you're going to find the link on the podcast of this interview at MatraDayRadio.com. Oh, the door said, please said thank you. Don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie. No, you got mountains to climb, but always stay humble and kind. Always be humble and kind. That is a beautiful song. I, I, I've not recognized that song until last year. It was a really beautiful song because our son-in-law, with his dance with his mother, that was the song they danced to. And it was so beautiful. And both Gabe's biological father and his stepfather both present together. And they both played such an important role in Gabe's life growing up. So tragic just a few months later after the wedding last summer, our son-in-law's stepdad died. And he has been a part of his life since he was just a tiny guy, a little guy. And he took that so hard. And Scott, you've lost your father. My, I'm fortunate my father's still alive, so I'll get to celebrate him this weekend. But there is something missing and it changes a, a man when his father passes because your father taught you a whole lot of things. Yeah, he sure did. And when, when Gabe lost his stepfather, you know, it just, it just came to my mind clearly that I need to offer to do the best to help represent his dad to the best of my ability. I know Jeff would have wanted that. I would have wanted that of Jeff. Uh, we became good friends in the short time we were, able to meet with one another and he was a hard worker at a uh, at a metal shop yet he had that humility and that kindness that you know I see that in Gabe and I'm excited to be watching him grow into the man that Jeff and his father Rick who both invested so much into Gabe's formation and I think it is really impressive just following this great interview that you had with Steve Ray, who himself is a father, a father of four like us, like me. And what can come of that? And Steve can tell you, how many ki- how many grandkids? 19. 19. The 19th was just announced is on their way. So last week, my folks were up for graduation, and it was a great time to visit with them. But fortunately, and I've been wanting to do this in all the years that I've been on the radio show, is to have him come in, both my parents come in and watch us do the morning show and they wanted to meet my co-host David. But you said something funny and my father and I are very close. And while we were doing the show, my dad said something like from time to time. I think this is what he said. And when we got off the air, you were with them. You said, Brenda, you say that just like him. You know, I can't for the life of me ever remember a time hearing my dad actually say from time to time, but I know that I've said it before. So obviously that's one of those subconscious traits that I've picked up from my father. And that's what we're supposed to do is we are being near our parents, being a part of who they are. We pick up these things. And Steve Ray said that wonderful thing about the traits of Jesus. He spent time with Joseph his right. foster father, right? Who he learned from. He learned how to be probably a rock mason that learned how to 
hard work. Did perhaps the parables that Christ said were stories that Joseph had shared with him, bringing him up in the faith in a Jewish home. And we made a home that afternoon after that interview with your dad and one of our daughters said from time to time. And (laughs) so that echoes on. And that's just obviously a small thing, but I think it really is a great example. You're right of how things that we impart to our children are carried on as good and beneficial things to them. And we're, so we're excited about watching our third daughter grow into the woman that she is and our son quickly behind. So we're going to be soon without having to teach, at least at that level that and, we've had to teach for these last. And we pray that it is enough. And for our son, because there is also the dark side of fatherhood and what is happening right now in the diminishing of the role mm-hmm. of men, of their masculinity and the role in the household. It's so important. I can't teach my son how to be a man. I can teach him how to love because in in the way that I love him. But we've talked about this on the show before. You have a responsibility, the way that Joseph had a responsibility to Jesus, the way that all fathers are called by our heavenly father to be the man, to teach him the way and to be the protectors of their household. I think it's to teach how to use authority, which we're given as fathers, as parents, we're given authority, but to use it with humility and kindness to follow that song that we brought up before. So I think that just, that really echoes into all the experience we have this weekend of Father Father's Day and fatherhood that St. Joseph, I believe, is absolutely the model of that humility and kindness And yet the firm authority for raising Jesus during his life to say, these are the hard things that you will have to do and endure. And you're right, doing rock masonry, he must have learned some very hard lessons of heat and strength. And we also know that Joseph, he was a righteous man. Scott, before we go, will you end us in a prayer for all fathers? Yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we look to your heavenly father and your earthly father this year of St. Joseph to lean on their guidance and their example, trusting that St. Joseph, who is the defender of families and also the terror of demons, that any evil that we have had to address in our lives can be mitigated by trusting in the Holy Family, trusting in St. Joseph, who is there to intercede for our needs. So this weekend of Father's Day, we ask for a special blessing upon fathers that St. Joseph's intercession and your Father in heaven may be strength for us to do the good work that we've been called to do. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and happy Father's Day. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.